And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. With me tonight, it's Mark Schindler. Mark, what's up? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, second day of the postseason today. I mean, we can, we can call it the postseason now. Sure. Um, it, it started off slow, but we, we got a real bang at the end. I, I, I'm, I'm living it up, man. I'm going to be up for hours tonight. It's a, it's a good thing that uh, both of these games are not going to be in the records at all because it was a night for the birds. And we're going to start in Atlanta where the Hawks devour the Hornets 132 to 103. Mark, Trey Young started this game one out of nine from the field, and yet the Hawks still built up a double-digit lead, which really kind of tells the story of the night for me. There were six players for the Hawks in double figures, eight with eight points or more. The the Hawks just beat the Hornets with depth. Yeah, I mean, first of all, shout out to Danilo Gallinari for for getting some bounce tonight. Uh, he <laughs> looked, uh, he it was really good. I he mean, was. Uh, it's tough. Like on one hand, obviously credit to the Hawks because their ball movement was really exquisite tonight. Trey, again, even with him struggling from the field, he was fantastic at, at, at dishing the rock. Um, the problem was just the Hornets' defense, man. Like, not to get too uh, too critical on here, but. They have to make some serious changes this offseason because yep. this is two straight years in a row where this has been a real problem. Um, they started off showing two to the ball, um, trying to trap Trey, and it worked. You know, you you stop him from getting any penetration, but all it took was one pass to the ball, and the horns were cooked, man. Like the entire night, they they were not capable of making secondary and tertiary rotations whatsoever. Um, Clint Capella had like nine points in the first three or four minutes yep. just because of being open on a roll. Um, this team really needs to figure some things out because this was a this was a rough way to go out, but kind of a microcosm of what happened as their season unfolded a little bit. And obviously, you know, Gordon Hayward being out and injured uh, definitely had an impact. But even if he's here tonight, I, I don't think the game is all that much different. Yeah, the Hornets have guard depth and wing depth, but like Mason Plumlee obviously wasn't the answer. Montrezl Harrell is not the answer off the bench, and that's really it. Like they're, they're, we're not seeing JT Thor or Kai Jones getting out there and playing and, and maybe their development is a part of their future. Uh, but certainly right now they they've got a lot of, a lot more questions than answers with their roster. But when you look at the Hawks, you have optimism that this team could actually get to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, it, what they're going to do is, is a whole other question. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what to expect from them. I would probably pick them to beat the Cavs right now, if we're being honest. I do yeah. think the Cavs match up with them better than they they did with the Nets. Um, but at the same point, like this is the best the Hawks looks in a minute. They've been firing on, I'm, I don't want to say all cylinders, but more cylinders yeah. uh, since the All-Star break. And I think most encouraging, like this was the best DeAndre Hunter has looked in months. Yeah. Like he was fantastic tonight. Um, I don't, again, not a perfect game, but overall, like I thought defensively he held up well. 
Uh, he was moving the ball a little bit more comfortably, getting to his spots with ease. Um, I feel pretty good about the Hawks winning this matchup against Cleveland. Yeah, I do too. I, I just love that DeAndre Hunter got off 16 shots because it feels like yeah, there's a lot of games really where nice. he just his offensive footprint just isn't there at all. And it was tonight. He finished with 22 points, seven boards, two assists. I thought he was fantastic. It's good to see Kevin Herter also getting involved too, getting off four threes, nine shots. That was nice. He was really good defensively too. Yeah, he, uh, he bugged Lamelo quite a bit. I mean, obviously you can't attribute everything to to, to individual defense, but I mean credit to him, man. Uh, he was he was really solid tonight, even if it's not going to show up in the box score as much. Yeah, and then just Trey Young's passing really is the is one of like the main engines of this offense, and he had that going tonight. With 11 assists, only three turnovers, only 10 total turnovers for the Hawks tonight as they just really put it on this Hornets team. Let's move on to New Orleans, where Keldon Johnson packed way too many clothes. And the Spurs lose to the Pelicans, 113-103. to This game felt like it was over early. Uh, and then the Spurs went on this 16-1 to run. There was about five minutes left. They got it within six. And I thought it was actually a nice test for this Pelicans team to kind of see what they're made of. Because the Spurs really battled back. It, it felt like they had just taken momentum. And then uh, Brandon Ingram turned it on a little bit. Valanciunas had a big-time dunk. But it was really, to me, it was like a moment for McCollum and Ingram. It was like, what, what do these guys have? Can you guys go get a bucket when the pressure's on? And to me, they they passed this test with flying colors. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, what stood out to me the most this game was Herb Jones. Like, it, it's it's been that all year. Like, yeah. just insane to watch what a rookie's been able to do on the perimeter. I voted him all defense. Like, I don't, I don't have a vote. But in, a, in an article I did with a couple of other friends, uh, I had him up there. Um, to finish with – he finished with four stocks. Yeah. Steals and blocks of mine. And it felt like he had nine <laughs> or ten in the game. Like, he had – that one that, – I mean, you could have given him, like, three on that one possession. Blocks Jakob Pertl's shot. Yeah. Gets the steal. Yep. Takes it down the floor. Like, I mean – he was everywhere. He absolutely hounded DeJounte Murray for most of the night. Um, he was fantastic around the rim, uh, you know, blocking shots. He hit a couple of timely threes. He made good passes. Like, he just continues to do really good things. But like you mentioned, like, B.I. was amazing tonight, honestly. Like, I thought this was um, – for him to come back and play like this after um, after missing much of the end of the season with a hamstring injury – like the contact finishes at the rim too. I, I mean, to be honest, Jakob Pertl didn't have a great game tonight defensively, but um, there were two moments where, I mean, obviously the, the jam right over Zach Collins was, was pretty fantastic. Yeah. I, I think he's been dunked on more than just by anybody this year. <laughs> um, and then the contact finish right over Jakob. Uh, I want to say that pushed it back up to double digits towards the end of the game after um, the Spurs had made a run to get back in. Um, he was he was fantastic tonight. And he had, I mean, to credit to his defense, too. It wasn't perfect, but uh, he continues to show some more effort and just making the right rotations on that end. Yeah, this Pelicans team is really interesting just watching them play. They've got, you obviously have, like, the, the main pieces in Ingram, McCollum, Valanciunas. But then they're just surrounded by these, like, incredibly young players you know, Herb Jones is like the star. Like he's he's if if you're not talking about Herb Jones on a podcast, you're not doing an NBA podcast. Uh, That's right. You're talking my language. But then you got uh, Jose Alvarado off the bench, 
It was incredible. He let he let those locks just completely flow tonight, which I thought was a uh, a really gr- great play in move. You got Trey Murphy off the bench playing twenty two minutes off the bench, uh, and then you got Jackson Hayes starting playing twenty minutes. This is that's a young crew that really show they, they give a ton of effort. They show a lot of heart. It's it's a really that's they kind of make up this group to me and almost like define who they are as the other guys kind of propel them forward, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, they just feel like a team, which sounds cliche, but in watching them from where they started at the beginning of the year, I think they they started three and 16. Um, and to see where they've gotten to now, like just playing 500 basketball with the roster they had for much of the year was was surprising and impressive. Um, like you mentioned, Jonas was, was really darn good tonight. Um, I mean, I feel like we didn't even hit on CJ that much. His passing continues to be really, really darn good. Yeah. I, I think there were questions like, can he come in and play as a starting point guard? Like, obviously, you know, there are multiple guys who can play make on this team, but um, I think you've seen an expansion of what he was able to do in 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 in, uh, in Portland. His off the dribble shot making just fantastic. But even more importantly, like some of the stuff he had getting downhill and getting to the rim has been really impressive too. Um, but then looking over and talking about the Spurs for a minute, uh, shout out to Devin Vassell. Yeah. He felt like the only Spur who could really get things going tonight for any stretch, 7-13 from three, hit a bunch of big shots. It was a big reason why they even came back in that run. Um, so I, I agree. Like, I'm right there with you. It, it, it felt like watching two teams kind of going in similar directions, you know, trying to find their way. Uh, obviously, the Pels are a little bit farther ahead, more veteran talent, but – um, it was good to see the Spurs fight back and, and get something going in that second half after how the, it, that, that first half did not feel nearly as close as it was. No, it was brutal. And and part yeah. of what was tough for the Spurs is that Keldon Johnson had come into this game. He'd scored in nine straight games. He had scored 20 points or more. So he had been like a staple of the Spurs offense and he was really nowhere to be seen. He didn't score his first field goal until like, I think it was like four minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, which is a huge problem for them because they just weren't getting like the offense that they typically rely on. Devin Vassell, like good thing he showed up tonight. He, I mean, just to get it off 13 threes is pretty impressive and to hit seven of them was great. But then, you know, they really relied on guys off the bench. Josh Richardson played a huge role for them tonight. He played 32 minutes, ended up with 12 points, two boards to assists. And Lonnie Walker came and was, was a, a, a shot in the arm for them too. But just not enough for the Spurs. They've got to kind of go back to the drawing board, maybe have some internal development. They've still got Josh Primo, who they started, didn't play a whole lot tonight, uh, but he's the youngest guy in the league. They've got they've got a nice young group, but they've they've got to go and figure some stuff out this summer. Yeah, without a doubt. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And then we look at the Pelicans as they move on to the second playing game against the Los Angeles Clippers. They will play the Clippers in Los Angeles. Any any thoughts or predictions on what the Pelicans could do against that veteran Clippers crew? So I think, you know, predictions, I think I will probably rock with the Clippers here okay. just because it is going to be hard to take them out. But um, it's more like 60-40 for me. I can see some ways where New Orleans wins this. I, I'm just ecstatic to watch Herb play up against – um, play up against Paul George, yeah. but I do have some drawbacks just because their defense tonight, I thought they played like, but I mean, they play like a really good shell defense, um, trying to make it so that Jonas doesn't have to recover out to the perimeter. Um, and they're really good at crunching in the, on the paint. That's going to be a lot harder against the Clippers. Like they really benefited from, you know, with Zach Collins out there, they could kind of just ignore him. Yeah. Like he's an okay enough shooter, but it's not at the level where you need to close out on him. And he's not necessarily going to pick you apart with passing from the perimeter either. He's good at DHOs and whatnot. But obviously, like, you know, it's it's a different story when you're talking about the Clippers. Um, so I in, in some ways, I think the shot variance guys are going to have to be in their favor a little bit. I do think they can really muck things up. And their offense is going to be tough for the Clippers to deal with. Uh, obviously, Jonas can mash on the inside against switches. But um, it should be a really fun matchup, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's actually pretty evenly matched. And it's really going to come down to me as – is like, is it Paul George or Brandon Ingram that shows up? Because I think they've got enough tertiary pieces, both teams do, to really fill it up. But it, it's it's going to be like, who who stars in this game? Is it going to be McCollum? Is it going to be Ingram? Is it going to be Paul George? Is are we going to get a big Reggie Jackson game? I I think it's it's that's a fascinating game because like talent for talent, as long as Kawhi's out, I think it's like one of the more evenly matched games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, honestly, yeah, just speaking strictly on talent, I think I might go with the the, the Pels. Yeah. Not to not to flip flop, but it's uh, it's definitely a toss up, man. And I'm the, the I, question for you. Mm-hmm. I know you're the one asking the questions, but how do you feel about the playing after how these games have gone? Because I'm I'm feeling even better about it. I love it. I think more competition is great, and I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm one for let's make basketball fun. Like, let's be okay with basketball being fun and not have to overanalyze everything. And when the playing came out, I was like, oh, this is great. And a lot of people hate, like, the midseason tournament. I'm like, let's give it a try because it seems like more fun than just, like, the the regular season as we've known it. So, for me, I've always loved just additional competition. And it's been great. I mean, we didn't get the same game. We didn't get the glue girl game that we had the night before. But still, it's, it's just it's just fun knowing that the stakes are high, even if you don't get the, uh, the drama that you would want. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I think it's a nice way to ease into the playoffs. Dude. And that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, please check out all the podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. Mark, take us out. Ding, ding, y'all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.